Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as Jeopardy T. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. Uh, it was a bit of a nastiness last week as well. We had Whitfield um, taken out of that team. We had massive panic on Saturday with Bruce out of the team for GWS, and there was just yeah, there was a lot going around. So just a, just a big big reminder to pay attention to news, especially in this scenario, we're dealing with COVID and obviously a lot of flu going around as well. And then that's not even to include actually general injuries throughout the AFL. So yeah, a bit of panic last week. Definitely, definitely. And I, I was one of them, but we came out the other side, not too bad in the end. Um, Sam Hayes presented really well mm. and, and played great. And um, and then, you know, most of us offloaded Steele and Whitfield, um, although Whitfield is a chance this week. We'll see what happens there. Okay, the bye period will be a true test of team build. There will be those that thrive, and there will be those that will implode. What are your thoughts on that, Jeff? Oh, we always say every year that the, the good coaches get uh, gain rank over the bye rounds. Um, they've planned ahead. You know, they've taken a bit of a sacrifice earlier to um, for these weeks. So, nah, that's that's very true. And I think there's going to be big rank shifts and. At the end of round um, 14, we'll know where we stand. Yeah, this is really interesting because, I mean, obviously we're 10 rounds into the season already. So uh, the reward for people who have um, invested sharply, as in, you know, not generally spending up to the highest price player all the time, it's actually buying a player at a certain price, which is kind of value compared to what they think, what we all think uh, they can average. And then it's not actually just, you know, it's not giving up on the, the panic that you need to keep rank. So if you're reinvesting, if you're actually putting some money into the bank now, so once we get over the first uh, buy week, it's then it's just smashing every premium type player that we can get. So, yeah, it's really a big test, you know, for those who have been patient enough, obviously those who are ranking highly, if, you know, a few of those teams in that top 25, and we'll go through ownership in a minute, have really, you know, looking at that team, they've really invested wisely over that early part of the year, yeah, absolutely, and it's they're, they're the ones that have the rooks off the, off their starting 22, and, you know, we're seeing variants. Good old mate Matty, who's at the top of the tree at the moment, he had a fantastic round, mm. um, and that's basically because he's he's all premiered up almost. Okay, first look at GWS last week, new coach Mark McVeigh. I thought it was really good, and there were a, quite a few role changes, Jep. So, but keep in mind the poor opposition for West Coast, so that sort of uh, inflated scores last week. Uh, and if Lock, Lockie Whitfield plays last week, man, he's scoring 128 quite easily. Um, and several key players, as I just mentioned, were missing through injury and illness. So, uh, just keep in mind that some of those role changes uh, could could revert back to what we've seen previously. So I'll just go through a couple of them that I picked up. Was that Harry Perryman was inside midfield? So you know, with Taranto still out of that team, you know, he comes back in. You know, he's going to be uh, may not be this week. So. Um, you've got to imagine that Perryman might get another look in with regards to his role. Uh, Whitfield, obviously, to come back in there as well. Uh, Canelio is straight back in inside midfield, which is great to see. And look at the scores he's posted. Again, obviously, poor opposition. Uh, Jacob Ware on debut. He was excellent across half-back, but that is that Lockie Whitfield-type role. So where does he sit in, in the scheme of things? But I thought he was actually excellent. Clean ball, yes. And, you know, if he can get part of it, his scores can actually be quite healthy. But, you know, does he sit in that best 22? Uh, hopefully he does. And Harry Himmelberg, um, 
uh, back to defence. So he actually took some kick-ins there as well and uh, threw up a couple of torps to hit the centre of the ground, which is really good to see. Uh, but yeah, straight from forward line back to defence. And, you know, Mark McVeigh has said... Um, uh, a couple of times throughout uh, his post-game there that, you know, Himmelberg did come in as a defender anyway. So it's not an unusual type of role for him as well. So, uh, But the most important thing that I took out of uh, GWS last week was this. Mark McVeigh has said um, after the game, so he's done a couple of interview, interviews there, that he said he wants his runners behind the ball. So that really sort of brings in the Lockie Whitfield and, you know, Perryman can go back there as well. But, and, you know, the, the runners behind the ball is that, you know, the, the, the line break is in there. So that just reminds me of, you know, once we get through the buy period for GWS, is that Whitfield for me all of a sudden becomes a target again because obviously he had a poor score just before he went out. But, yeah, if McVeigh is saying that he wants his runners behind the ball, and that's exactly what he has said, that is prime time Whitfield for me, and he will be a target after the GWS buy. So, Jeb, what did you think of GWS in their first weekend under Mark McVeigh? And just some thoughts on what I've just said there as well. Yeah, they were great. Um... I think collectively, even with their outs at the last minute and injuries, that Mark McVay is going to have a more methodical style where it's if you're a midfielder, you're a midfielder, plain and simple. I don't think there's going to be these huge Rolsh shares like a Bulldog setup, for example, where it's 50-50. I think there's going to be clear roles and everyone's going to know their job um, I thought Josh Kelly was phenomenal, mm-hmm. um, and he was predominantly on ball as well. Obviously, Cornelio, the scrappy midfielder, it was tough conditions. It was a bit wet and muddy, and um, he's good for the scrap. So, yeah, whether or not when Taranto comes in, I feel it's just more part of that rotation, and Perryman will go out um, personally, and um, and that's all positive news for, for now. And then, yeah, Whitfield, a halfback as well, behind the ball, like you say. Yeah, interesting what you said firstly is, you know, put, putting players back in their positions. He actually did say that that as well, pretty much, that I wanted to put players back in where they should play. So, you know, it's quite interesting coming off his first week that he wanted to keep it really simple. The other thing that he did mention is that they wanted to get their offense going in the first week. And it was a little bit of a scramble there in his first week as being senior coach. And then this week, heading into the Brisbane game, tougher matchup, obviously from a fantasy perspective as well, is said that they want to work on their defensive type of the game. So, you know, so they're, they're making some changes. Uh, last week, offense. This week, they're going to focus a little bit more on defense. So we might see a few more subtle changes coming into GWS this week. So just keep an eye out for that. So, yeah, Whitfield, as soon as they finish their buy, he becomes, you know, he's obviously got no ownership now because everyone's pretty much traded him out. So he's he's a target, and we know he's ceiling man. If he's sitting behind that ball and in breaking lines and being that halfbacks, you know, type role, man, look out. Uh, we could see a return to some really quality scores. So keep that in mind. Okay, the upcoming buy period presents several opportunities. Your quick thoughts there, then I'm going to provide some data for you. Oh, look, there's opportunities to to get a balanced team and, and to just keep upgrading during the buy period, no doubt. Um, there are a plural, and I have a list of round 12 primo players that I want in my team. Um, whether it happens this week or in round 13 is, an, is another matter altogether, but... They're definitely on my radar, and it's going to be fun in round 13 for sure. Okay, so I've listed 10 noteworthy games over the next four weeks. So that takes into consideration nine games this week 
and all the buy period. So, you know, bringing okay. players in and that sort of what we want to do is target some, you know, pretty juicy matchups. And obviously West Coast is really in that scenario right now at this stage as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to list 10 games. They're not in any particular order. They're in actually the order of round 11, 12, 13 and 14. So um, take out of what I'm going to mention here. Uh, you know, but just put that in your information build and might just help you with your trades there as well. So... Uh, so what it is, so the team's names first should score well. So not necessarily will happen, but they should be in a good position to do so. So in uh, this week, so we've got three games here. So it's obviously the Western Bulldogs versus West Coast. So that brings you sort of Bailey Smith and that brings in your Pont and Pally. And don't, Bont, Bont actually did sort of tweak an ankle on the weekend. So keep an eye on that. I don't think there's any issues with re- with regards to him not playing, but that's you know he's been banged up a couple of times already this year, so that's just another one he did get that he did on the weekend. But he was fantastic in that last quarter. But because he tweaked his ankle, you know he he did spend most of his um, time up forward in that last quarter. So wonder if that was the reason why, or they just wanted that matchup. So just keep that in your information build for this week. But I think that's a really good matchup for uh, the Western Bulldogs this week versus West Coast, and Trelaw's in that frame as well. So if you really want to target that, so the second game there, St Kilda versus North Melbourne. Uh, so the Saints uh, can pretty much put up a number. So then all of a sudden, for those who got a Sinclair, you know, Gresham's sort of st- still a ta- uh, semi-target there as well. And, you know, for those that went on to Crouch, you might be able to pick up a good score. Kangaroos do run a tag every now and again. So we might see, you know, they've had a pretty tough week again. So you might see a bit of response there and, and such shutdowns. But interesting last week with regards to North Melbourne against Melbourne, I mean, you would have almost automatically assumed that Melbourne would have uh, outweighed position against uh, North Melbourne, but it was actually the opposite. North Melbourne, pretty much to protect the scoreboard, they just chipped the ball around. So you've got to imagine if the North Melbourne start protecting uh, the scoreboard, is that you know, might sort of increase some disposals there as well. So anyway, Saints versus North, and then we get into Port Adelaide versus Essendon. So if Essendon drop off a little bit there, you know, we might look at Wines to sort of put up a number. And those running with Rosie and Butters there, they might start to put up a number there as well. But yeah, there's where the forecast for that game as well. So keep that in mind there for this week as well. So on to the next week. So we go Adelaide versus West Coast. So that we get into the scenario of um, Rory Laird and Ben Keys. So that's the first bye week. So you, you've got to imagine that Adelaide might be able to put up some decent numbers against West Coast. Uh, the second game there in that round 12 uh, is Gold Coast versus North Melbourne. Again, targeting North Melbourne potentially. So then we look at you know Noah Anderson for a quite a unique pick there as well. And I think Tuke Miller could start to get some ownership there because that's a good matchup. And Gold Coast do have another good matchup at the end of the buy period there as well. So they've got, they're in there, they're in this top 10 a couple of times. So Tuke Miller there as well. Uh, then we get into the round 13 scenario. It's Carlton versus Essendon. So uh, Patrick Cripps there as well. A couple of down weeks from Cripps, so uh, just keep an eye on that. So he's, he's rotating, you know, somewhat with Sam Walsh going forward and into the midfield. You know, uh, Cripps is moving forward. Uh, Walsh is pushing up into the midfield, and as you can see, that Sam Walsh's centre bounces have declined a little bit. But don't be worried about that. He's still getting plenty of the ball. He can hit the scoreboard, so his scores should be okay, I think, for Walsh. Uh, but then Hewitt, you know, for those that still don't have Hewitt and they trade him out recently, you know, he could be a target and his centre bounce usage has still been strong since he has returned. So that one versus Essendon and then we get into GWS versus North Melbourne. Again, attacking North Melbourne. So uh, then for, uh, that's post GWS buy. So we go into the, the, the Lockheed Whitfield range. Josh Kelly, big target for me. Uh, for Kelly, especially if he's riding that primetime midfield. Um, then we go into the final week of the bye period, it's Sinclair versus Essendon. So back to Crouch, back to Gresham, back to Sinclair potentially there as well. 
um, to target to you know it's really target against Essendon, and then we get into that last week there as well as Geelong versus West Coast. Again, West Coast giving up plenty, so therefore you know for those who really want to go to Duncan, um, you potentially could go there as well. Um, and hopefully Cooper Stevens still in that team by then as well, so he might be able to pull up a couple of decent scores, you know, with Dangerfield sideline through reconditioning injury. And the final one here, number 10, is Gold Coast versus Adelaide in that final week of uh, the buy period. So that's Tuke Miller again. And, you know, for unique ownership, it is uh, Noah Anderson there as well. So uh, the, the teams to target against, North Melbourne, West Coast, Essendon, you know, uh, potentially you might be able to pull out uh, two or three, um, you know, a couple of 130-point games for players that you target. So thoughts on any one of those games or general thoughts overall, Chip? Well, it's about the captain options, isn't it? So... All of a sudden, during the buy rounds, we've got reduced captain options. So, like you said, targeting these softer matchups, can we utilise captain choice or advice captain choice, and are we ticking boxes? So, you know, looking at it there in round 12, I think Laird and Took Miller are good captain options for round 12 um, with their soft matchups against Eagles and North, like you said. Round 13 is a bit diff- more difficult, Crips. Maybe um, maybe a bit of VC, but Dockers versus Hawks and Andy Brayshaw comes into play there, in my opinion. Um, Melbourne versus Collingwood as well, so then Oliver comes into play. So that's round 13. Uh, round 14, it really is um, Geelong versus West Coast, but I, I wouldn't go there. We know the Giants won't get tagged against the Bulldogs, so maybe it's one of those. So it's just in the making sure what I take out of what you've just said is making sure we've got our pre-planned VC and captain for each of the buy rounds um, and plan ahead if we have to trade in. Uh, that's really the, the nuts and bolts of it. Okay, on to the next one, Jep. So name your top three agenda items leading into the buy period. Uh, so first one's uh, keep improving your team. So rook, uh, getting the rooks off the starting 22 um, from now all the way through the buy rounds. So... Picturing your team fully complete by the end of the buy rounds, absolute latest. Uh, two is balancing your primos. So, you know, making sure that you're not too heavy in round 13 in the forward line, especially like pre-planning it with thinking that Bont and Bailey Smith might get forward status. So still making sure you've got balanced premiums across the board. And then number three is really obvious. is just have as many players playing as possible. Um, you know, all of a sudden, We've seen, you know, Nick Martin could have really scored poorly if it wasn't for that mammoth last quarter last week. And, and if you, if that can drop off because you've got an extra two or three reserves with or 21 playing and that top 18 rule, you know, that's a big, big play. So when that can happen, um, that's pretty handy. So get as many players playing as possible. Yeah, that la- I'll do my, my three now, but that last point that you just made with regards to Nick Martin and his score, that's pretty much my first uh, agenda item, is it identifying leverage matchups. So well, actually identifying leverage spots. So last week um, I gave you an example pre-pod that I really wanted to take on Greg Clark. So I had the opportunity to pretty much fill out my midfield. So I, I benched Greg Clark. So obviously he scores uh, 60 or there or thereabouts, and I was able to put Will Brody on, on field. So all of a sudden, you know, me taking on Greg Clark, who's got monster ownership on ground as well. So, you know, I was able to get a leverage spot of uh, pretty much most people and pick up, you know, 60 points there as well. So, 
you know, Nick Martin, if you can pretty much loop him in for a score and just check out his score first, obviously it depends on uh, which part of the weekend he does play. You know, if he, if he does fail and you have good be- bench backup, there's an opportunity, you know, if he scores, you know, potentially a 40 or 50 or something like that, you can bring someone in, even if it's like for 65 or 70, you know, you pretty much picked up 30 to 35 points against the rest of the field. So just a leverage spot, if you can pick one out. I had one on the weekend I want to take on Greg Clark, and that actually paid out quite nicely for me. Um, the next one is a key player matchup. So obviously just went through the top 10 games there uh, that over the bye period or this week including as well. Um, you know, identifying your good matchups, as you mentioned, captain options there as well. But yeah, um, those trades the next couple of weeks, if you're bringing some premiums in, is that you know you want to be targeting those prime time matchups. You know, you bring a player in, they score 130, 140, and then you're off and away through the buy period. So, and the other one is, especially for the players under 300k. Um, you know, last week I thought the options were really thin for players under 300k. It's opened up a little bit based on the weekend's uh, performances and results this week. But, you know, best 22 for the medium term, and it has to be the medium term now. It can't be the one-week one week job or the two-week job and they're out of the team. It has to be medium term because they need to start to carry us through the buy period yet. So it's the best 22 for the medium term on trade targets. So obviously we're going to get into like Saligo, and I think he's pretty much a smash player now for those that don't have him. Um, but yeah, anything else? I thought the Bulldogs situation still, you know, could be anything because the Bulldogs have like five or six players that could could come back into that team there as well. So Buku Karmas, you know, I, I think he struggles to make that team this week, and I think you know Waitman could come back come back into that team. Uh, Tim English is available, so does you know Beveridge play the two ruck scenario with regards to Sweet in the ruck and and, and English forward. So when English played um, behind the ball early in the season, that was without Alex Keith in the team. But now Keith has returned to the team. There's not much use for well there is a little bit of use for English to play behind the ball but you know Beveridge what he thinks and he does things you know what not many people do think and you know he's got options in that team now to move stuff around with regards to he's got really good availability so you know does that sort of push English into a more forward role and we have seen early in his career that English can play forward so he can play that ruck role and move into the forward line so yeah keep an eye out for that one there as well so but yeah best 22 for the medium targets has um, certainly got to be a strong consideration. So final thoughts on any one of those, Chip? Oh, yeah. Look, just plan ahead. Um, I've got my list out already in targets and how I'm going to get there, whether it happens or not. There's hopefully no more curveballs by way of force trades for all of us. Um, but it's serious stakes now. We're really close to the buyers and um, we've got to keep improving. Yeah, and it's just taking into consideration that the things that really sort of outside our control is that, like, GWS had some illness last week. So what does that do to the, the, the players that, you know, if the flu is going through that club, is, you know, is that putting players into, you know, concern this week that were available last week? So, that's, and, you know, listening to what GWS did and other clubs do, as soon as they've got this flu, now it's not just COVID. As soon as they've got the flu, they're going to back to, you know, COVID pre, you know, during COVID conditions with regards to training in small groups and not training as a group and not being in a same room so they've actually used the COVID period where you know masks on and all that stuff there as well and they've gone back to that scenario right now and this is to try and keep the flu out of the club so you know best 22 and obviously selection's an issue a lot of people are still running with Cornelio and the team and you know Bruce is coming back from illness and expected to play this week so that's a bit of a bonus for you know pretty much everyone held um, but yeah so really 
really got to keep it, uh, an eye out for news and what that's going to do. So as soon as you see flu going through one club, you know that potentially this could happen over a two or three week period, as what we did see with Collingwood because they were still dealing with it in week three. So you know that can sort of impact, and especially when we're heading through the buy period, Jeb. So if we start to get impacted, you know, if we got too heavy on one club, like I've got three Port Adelaide players, if that hits Port Adelaide, I could be in a bit of trouble over the buy period. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got, got three Bulldogs primos. So it, and so to so quite a few years yeah it's a concern for sure it's a risk yeah, so it's just it's out of our control, and then obviously there's a lot, a lot of luck going into fantasy this year. But you know, all you can do is sort of plan, and, and hopefully your plan plays off, um, and, and that's as much as you can do. Anything outside of that is sort of a uh, bit of unluckiness hitting your team. Anyway, so we are talking AFL fantasy season long classic mode. So this discussion is pre round eleven. This podcast is being recorded on Tuesday night, May twenty four, and of course the news is being crushed out for you on the AFL ratings network. The content is free, likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand, and obviously with that news breaking on Saturday, Bruce, and you know people start to get in panic mode. But I thought Sam Hayes would just still automate there just to play and you know take his score, which most people would have done with um, him, po- him posting a 70. But there was a bit of an ownership shift based on that news. So um, people were considering, you know, Based on, you know, the coming out Saturday, does that mean it's one or two weeks? And, you know, all of a sudden with JWS, uh, the, the, the buy next week, is that, you know, Proust could be out of action for three weeks, which means, you know, people, for those that were thinking like that, you know, you're trading out Proust. So, but anyway, we'll get into the ownership here. So it's around 10 top 25 ownership, uh, 20% or higher, except for the Ruxham, we can do all three that were owned. So Max Gorn and 100%. Uh, Sam Hayes, 88%. Sean Darcy, uh, so 12%. So three teams in the top 25 uh, got off Proust and got on the Sean Darcy. Thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, I think Darcy's a really good play um, in the long term. And, uh, yeah, but Proust is obviously his dominant self. It's just whether he can play every game from here on in, and I bet he doesn't. Okay, on to James Sisley. So defenders now on the James Sisley, 100. Jaden Short, 100. Jack Crisp, 76. Got up for Milner, so that was another one we had to deal with last week there as well. What a champion. Yeah, <laughs> we needed that. Yeah, and that, but, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, based on if you go back to pre-season, Jeff, I bet you one of he, your thoughts in selecting him uh, pre-round one was that, you know, longevity in the game. Like Absolutely. he doesn't get injured. And, Same with Jaden Short. Yeah, and, like, these players, are you know, it really matters, man. A strong pre season and those guys can sort of look over a long period of time don't miss games and then that paid off for you handsomely last week he recovered well and was able to get back out there and post a really good score there so Dane Zorko 76% George Hewitt strong in the midfield but 68% only so you might be able to jump back on him there at some stage Nick Dacos so the, the ownership is dropping off here but a lot of people were still going with him through to the bye so he's at 60% Jordan Dawson so you know he had a monster second half on the weekend so as soon as he has moved behind the ball, his numbers just start to skyrocket. But his flexibility is really good for Matthew Nix at Adelaide. So you're going to see him shift around through that team at Adelaide. Yeah, so he's been really good. Uh, then we go to Sam Doherty, so really low-owned and can score. So uh, got crunched on the weekend, so his scores would have been a lot bigger, I would presume. Uh, but he was quite good, 24% only there. Jack Sinclair there, 24%. So thoughts on any one of those, Jeff? No, I think all the usual suspects have been spoken about. Surprised that Doherty's the lowest of the primo. I know. I thought that'd be a bit higher. 
Okay, on to the midfielder. So Lockie Neal, 96%. Greg Clark. So this is one of those leverage spots that you know that I looked for last week is to take on the ownership of Clark. So if he does fail in any way, shape, or form, is that you know you can pick up 30, 40, 50, 60% uh, points against the field, and that's what I was able to do with Will Brody last week. So I took him on, and he actually scored quite okay in the second half. I think it was only about 19 and a half time, which was a real concern. And I was sitting there quite liking it, knowing that, you know, I did have the emergency on Clark. And then he was potentially looking to fail, but he did sort of half get there in the end. Anyway, it was 60, 61 points, whatever he scored. So, you know, if you can take on him as leverage spot, you know, I would sort of look at that. And, you know, if players coming back into that West Coast team, that his scores might be a little bit volatile there. So Callum Mills at 80%. So Clark was at 92%. So Callum Mills there at 80%. Jack McRae, 76%. Andrew Brayshaw, 72%. Patrick Cripps, 68%. Clayton Oliver, 64%. Tuke Miller, 48%. Josh Kelly, 36% only, I think, is a target after their buy. Bailey Smith, 32%. If you want to target him this week, he should be have a pretty much a field day, I reckon, against West Coast, 32% only. And Christian Petrarca there. So if you want to run with him over the next few weeks, uh, the, the Demons draw does get a little bit tougher over the next couple of weeks, but, you know, the, he can go through until that last buy um, with regards to when Melbourne do have it off. So he's at 20%. Thoughts on any one of those, Jep? No, it's a good spread. Um, again, it's going to be interesting what happens with the DPPs and how that movement happens but and how people trade this week accordingly. Um, maybe they wait to round 12 or after full round 12, sorry, not this weekend. Okay, onto the forwards. Josh Stunkley, 100. Will Brody, 100. Nothing much to do there. Uh, score's quite okay. And Brody's still uh, going along quite nicely there. Nick Martin, so big last quarter. He gets there in the end, sort of. Uh, somewhat re- reasonable top score, but yeah, 92%. So back onto my Greg Clark scenario. If you can take him on as a bit of leverage, you know, if, you, if you're still going to hold him. And again, look, he's at 92%. So everyone's holding Martin thinking he's going to score okay. So yeah, interesting. He's last. Now he's a really big watch for me uh, what happens this week. So especially with a wet game in um, potentially wet game, Port Adelaide and Essendon, you've got to think, you know, potentially it could be another low score this week there as well. So keep an eye out for that one there. Zach Butters also. So potentially a wet game there, 84% there. So um, scores are, are declining a little bit, but he was okay on the weekend and obviously a tough matchup against Geelong last week. So, you know, decent matchup against Essendon, but wet weather again, Zach Butters. So his scores might be underweight this week. Darcy Cameron. So Mason Cox goes off injured and Cameron just blasts off for, for a big score in the end. Um, and he, he was one of the best players on the ground, I thought. 72%. So this is the yeah. thing, you know, yeah, he looked like he, you know, if Mason Cox in the rack, you know, Cox, um, I'm sorry, that Cameron potentially was looking like a 50, 60 point range. And all of a sudden, you know, Cox goes off injured and Cameron just blasts off. So 72% there. And obviously that's why, you know, some of those people in the top 20 valve have moved in there based off the back of that score. So it's still really tight with regards to scores and whoever's leading AFL fantasy overall. And then we go into the Stephen Canelio. So 60%. So the ownership's not really high. And, you know, if he's going to play in that midfield, he could be another target for those who, you know, who did trade him out or didn't have him all the all the um, first 10 rounds so he's a potential target you know let's get another look at him you know, for those who don't own him let's get another look at him this week you know if he goes into that midfield at a high rate and don't forget Toronto's in the mix there as well in Perryman okay so we'll just see how that flushes out but yeah Cornelio into that midfield you know he's dropping in salary still um, so you might be a bit of a target after their buy Luke Parker there centre bounce has actually still been strong for me so but Callum Mills did drop off on the weekend so you know at some stage that potentially still could hit Parker but at the moment he scores a really 
really good. So if you want to target him, he's okay. And Connor Rosie, 24%. Isaac Kenny, 24%. And some ownership there on Mitch Duncan still. Uh, but he was 28%. Thoughts on any one of those, Jeff? Yeah, again, it, it really is going to shift hugely with Bont and Bailey Smith potentially gaining forward status. So um, pretty big spread again of, of primos. I'll just add that the Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox broken finger yeah, basically changed a lot of rank mm. um, in that move. You know, there's an extra 50 points yep. basically to, to those owners, and and that's a lot at this stage of the game and with such um, such tightness at the top of the table. Yeah, and Cox could actually could be available this week, so it's not a long-term injury for Mason Cox. So, you know, Cameron's back in that scenario. If Cox is going to be back in that ruck, maybe it's not this week, maybe it's the week after. You know, and Craig McRae has said they're going to try things, so, you know, potentially that's, you know, could be another situation where you have to monitor for those that do own Darcy Cameron. So, but anyway, you take the good score when you get it, and you sometimes need a little bit of luck, and, and that was one of those last week for Darcy Cameron. So, awesome score, one of the better players on the ground, I thought. All right, Jep. Who are your top three targets for round 11, assuming you don't own any? So Bonzampelli, definitely number one to me. I think he's guaranteed forward status and um, obviously showing his skill. Really soft matchup this week. Number two, Ollie Wines. I just really like his run and his price. He's We know what he did last year and how impressive he was, and I think he's going to get back to that in the second half of the year. It's amazing what happens when a week um, to week to have a freshen up and what it does to you when and yeah you get some continuity in your form and the confidence grows and away you go um, and then yeah the last one's pretty pretty vanilla it's just Clayton Oliver I um his performances are just outstanding and he the hunger against North Melbourne even when the game was well and done and truly even to the final siren. His hunger was there, and that's what we're looking for. Um, even when, you know, whether he's playing for all Australian accolades or, or something bigger, or he's just just his mentality at the minute, the hunger's there, and that is a huge tick in in fantasy football. Um, with the softer matchups and the hunger still being there, so Clay Nola, I tick off. Yeah, so Simon Goulburn has, has said this last year. He said that repeatedly this year. There's no resting your players. Melbourne are all in every week. They want to set the standard really high, and they're, they're setting a standard by not taking, you know, you know, one percentage off a game because it's an easy matchup or whatever. They are just all in. So um, yeah, I'd be pretty bullish on Oliver and Petrarca, you know, because they're just going to keep going. So long as they're healthy, I think they keep going. I don't think there's any issues there. Um, Whatsoever. All right, so on to my three. So Bailey Smith for me, uh, and this is pretty much what I'm looking at here is matchup based on these three picks. So Bailey Smith against West Coast this week should fill up. Uh, then we get to Rory Laird. So they, they've got Adelaide have got West Coast the week after, so he should fill up there as well. And then for me, Took Miller as well because uh, uh, yeah, Gold Coast have popped up a couple. Of, I gave you those top ten uh, games, and, and Gold Coast popped up twice. So I've got to imagine that Miller could fill up a couple of times over the buy period. You know, and his ceiling is, is quite big. So, you know, if he pops off for a couple of 140s, 150s, you know, that could uh, make your rank slightly improve there as well. Alrighty, Jep, on to the next one. Notable low break evens. So it's going to run through a group with you here. And you just give me your thoughts on one or two if you like. So Joel Jeffrey, you know, plays that medium, small, tight pressure 
speed type forward. Uh, so he's at minus 11. Uh, he had the scoreboard last last week there as well. So, But you've got to imagine that he's going to have to do that to keep his scores up. Jake Saligo, minus 10. So he's a smash player now. Uh, Matthew Nips was quite bullish uh, in his... Uh, comments post game with regards to Saligo, he looked really good from just from the visual there as well. I thought he was really good. Uh, he's a really big smash player, and, and obviously that um, uh, we did talk pre pod that you know he did get, get coaches votes, so that's really important. And, and I would presume they would have come from Matthew Nix, but uh, yeah, it was quality in there as well. So big comments there from Matthew Nix and, and the assistant coaches for Adelaide. So uh, big tick for Jack Saligo. So Luke Cleary, so Bulldogs have got heaps of players to come back in. Hopefully Cleary can hold his spot. He's at minus nine. Cooper Stevens, Dangerfield now on the sidelines. Hopefully that's Cooper Stevens for two or three weeks in this team. He's a good price and he's minus eight. So there's a target there for you as well. Great Clark there, still at one, but yeah, just got to keep an eye on the players coming back into that West Coast team. You know, what does that do to Greg Clark's score? And again, he was only like around 19 or 20 points there at halftime there. And Jacob Ware on debut last week, he was actually really good across halfback. Is it a break even at two? But you know, what does, you know, Whitfield coming back into that team do to his role? But I thought he was really clean on his disposal there as well. And he looked like he had really sharp uh, IQ, footy IQ, and, and where to put the ball for his teammates. So I thought there was a really promising debut from a fantasy perspective. And Callum Jamison, I'll throw in there as well. I break even at three. So um, Adam Simpson was really bullish in his post-game pre- press conference talking about Jamison. He was, you know, was really his face lit up when talking about him. So I think this is going to be long-term in this team for Jamison, uh, while Nat is still out of that team. And I think he's going to get a good run at it, and he's going to uh, develop quite nicely at AFL level. So uh, for those looking for that specific position there, Jamison, I think, is actually quite a good target, good price, and break is still quite fine. And he could be number one right there for quite a long time, I would imagine. All right, so thoughts on any one of those, Jep? Uh, yeah, Saligo, Stevens are the targets with Saligo, the clear number one to bring in this week. Um, Stevens is a risk with Chris Scott at the helm, but it's um, it's a game of risk sometimes. I think where we wait to round 13 to see where he's at in the side and you don't do anything drastic this week by bringing in Jacob Ware with their round 12 bye. Um, and then, yeah, Jamison... Probably an outside chance for forward status as well because he's presenting forward. Um, I don't know how that will play out, but just obviously helps with manoeuvring and, and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, really thin in the rooks. We need some fresh meat, definitely, um, and fresh meat that we know is going to stick around for the next three to four rounds. Already notable players potentially dropping in salary on the radar to target soon with a 130-plus break-even. Uh, just a short list here. So Max Gorn, 152. Uh, most people have Max anyway. Uh, Josh Dunkley there, 137. Ben Keyes there, 137. Patrick Cripps there, 134. Zach Merritt there, 132. Uh, thoughts on any one of those, Jep? So, yeah, Merritt, to me, is still a play after his round 12 bye. And then Keyes, we know what he can do, and he's having a little bit of a slump right now, but, gee whiz, against West Coast next week, it wouldn't surprise me if he went 125-plus. Notable strong scoring output with 115-plus average last three rounds. Christian Petrarca, 124. Darcy Parrish, 121. Clayton Oliver, 120. Caleb Sarong, 117. Josh Kelly, 116. Brad Kretsch, 116. Callum Mills, 115. Andrew Brayshaw, 115. Thoughts on any one of those, Jep? Yeah, they're all amazing, aren't they? Um, I felt like Parrish's performance on, in the Dreamtime game was, you know, sort of came out of nowhere to me. Um, I know he likes a big stage, but yeah, that was timely for his owners. 
And then, yeah, Josh Kelly, I touched on before, how prolific and important he was to the whole GWS midfield. Yeah, we've got a plural of targets and, and mid-primos in good form, don't we? Okay, on to a few key players for the listeners. Time to play like or dislike. We are going to do a 44-pack to finish off the podcast, Jeff. So let's get into these. Most of them will be like or dislike, hopefully. Uh, but we'll get into a bit of a conversation on a few audio. So Max Gorn, scores just haven't been premium recently. Obviously, you hurt the knee. So, you know, Jackson taking a fair share of rucks at this stage with regards to uh, centre bounces. So, you know, do you go to a Darcy at some stage, Jeb? So for me, at currently at his scoring rate, you know, based on his price, I, I don't like it. But you know, if you're holding, you're holding, uh, I guess, for long term. So... I don't think it's a trade, but if you really got nothing else to do, maybe you could look at it. So, yeah, thoughts, Chip? Yeah, clear like, mate. Um, I feel like the two softer matchups he's had in the last two weeks was more to protect him for the long season ahead, so nothing to worry. Okay, Zach Merritt, I think he's going to be a target at some stage, no ownership, so like for me. Yeah, like for me too. Braden Pruce, when he comes back in the team, I think the score is going to be there. I will see what McVeigh goes to with regards to one or two rucks. I think he said that he wants to have a look at it. So at some stage, but you know, Pruce can still score there as well. So for me, still like for Pruce. Yeah, it's a like for Pruce, and just on that strategy, I think they play Pruce with a small support. They got quite a few options in terms of Riccardi and Sproul that can sort of pinch hit. Although they're not prolific on in that ruck job, um, they can they can do that pinch hitting role quite quite well. Yeah, and sometimes they're going to go to that. I reckon, Jeb. So it's not yeah. just, it's not just GWS. So Collingwood did that last week. Obviously, full yeah. with regards, you know, you have my check in there at centre bounces as well. Carlton have been doing it with Silvani for quite a period of time now, and you know, it's a t- and, you know Hawthorne are going to be forced potentially to do that this week if Freeze doesn't get it from uh, his injury. So. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, teams are going to be forced to do that. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, so Tuke Miller, uh, big like for me. Yeah, huge like. Uh, Rory Lead, big like. Yeah, again, I'm hopefully going to get him in next week. We'll see how it goes. Jordan Dugowie, dislike for me. So it's not the situation what we had last year with Dugowie's big scores because Collingwood have changed their game plan. I keep repeating this. So um, they really got to take that into consideration. His centre bounces numbers have been strong. Um Maybe, you know, if once at some stage we could be priced in with the goey where he gets to a certain point where you go, well, you know, if he drops really badly in, in salary continually, um, he's going to get to a stage where, you know, potentially he might be at a target. But, you know, most at that period of time, most teams are going to be full anyway. So uh, for me, di- big dislike here on the goey. Uh It's a dislike to me. All You know, we're going to get a new set of DPPs after this weekend. And Jordan McGoy won't be a top 10 forward by the end of those new DPPs. Okay, on to Marcus Bontempelli. So just to keep out for, he tweaked his ankle last week, so keep an eye on that. But otherwise, big like for me. Yeah, love it. Okay, Kidding Coleman, if you have to, but you know, you're not going to get consistent scores over a long period of time, I wouldn't think. But, you know, if you're really desperate, uh, maybe you could go there. But otherwise, I'd be just looking to pay up, yep. Oh, it's, look, it's a dislike for me. I think he's a traditional mid-pricer, volatile scoring, and, and that cash generation will be stagnated. So you could do it over the buy rounds, and I've even looked at it as a scenario for this weekend for myself, given he's got the round 14 buy. And, yeah, it, it's as a, on an as-needs basis if you have to. Um, I'll sit on the fence on that one, actually. 
Adam Trelaw. Well, if you, uh, Trelaw's okay. Like, obviously, really good matchup this week. So from that point of view, no ownership there as well. So if you really want to go into there, um, but yeah, others might be a target after this week. But yeah, what you're doing if you're doing Trelaw, you're doing him this week for the matchup. So from that point of view, I do like. Yeah, like as well. Sean Darcy, love it. Low ownership, uh, can score. Um, and I'll, if I'm going to break my no Western Australian top players there, it'll be for Darcy at some stage. Uh, so big like for me. Yeah, big like for me too. I want to see how he does go this week, though, against Gorn and Jackson as a combo. It'll be very, just as an outsider, um, how he performs against the two big, fit, running fellas. Dion Prestia, too injury-prone for me, dislike. Yeah, dislike for me as well. Sam Berry getting up in price. Still okay if you want to target. And don't forget, uh, Adelaide do have West Coast next week. So, you know, it's two ways to think of that West Coast matchup next week is that, you know, it'll be low-pressure game, so you don't need his tackles. So that could impact his scoring on a low point of view. Or he actually just hits those uh, disposals and, you know, he actually could post a decent number. So two ways you could look at it. Uh, but other than that, I think he's getting up there in price. It'd probably be the last week this week to target him. Uh, but at this stage, I do like still. It's a dislike for me, mate. I, um, although he's going to gain midfield status, which seems pointless, but it might be handy over the buy rounds and tweaking things. I just, yeah, I, I can understand why coaches would do it, but you've got only two price rises, rounds 11 and rounds 12, to gain something from him, and then effectively you're bringing him in for two weeks to trade him around 13, so I wouldn't bother. Okay, Harry Perryman. So you've got to imagine when Toronto comes back into the team that Perryman might be the one of the ones to be moved out. So keep an eye on that. Let's see how that flushes out this week uh, with regards to Perryman. But, you know, he could be in there, again, the midfield, inside midfield role. So, you know, we're going to see a lot of things from GWS. They might try a lot of things in the back half of the season. And we know he can, now we can obviously can play inside midfield. And he was really strong, really good. But from the basic fact that, you know, Taranto could be going back inside midfield that pushes Perryman out. I think he can score okay, but it's not the high ceiling sort of scores that we need, so from that point of view, I'll do dislike. Yeah, dislike from me as well, mate. Jake Saligo, smash play, love it, but keep in mind, Crouch is on the outside looking in, Lear is on the outside looking in, and we're looking at Schoenberg is on the outside looking in. So there were a few players in, and obviously Haitley is in that team there as well, and, and Berry's in that team there as well. I think Berry's a lot stronger than what Haitley is in that team, but they're keeping all these players out. So, you know, Matthew Nix is setting standards here. He wants these players to be really strong and contest at the ball and, you know, stick to the game plan and not just sort of out there accumulating disposals. Um, but based on Saligo's um, game last week, I thought he's really good. It's a smash play. Big like here for me. Yeah, big like as well. He's got to be the number one rookie target, um, regardless, given his performance on the weekend. And don't forget, Riley O'Brien was dropped for the same reasons. No pressure, the tackling pressure is just non-existent, and that's what Nix is looking for. Yep. Okay, there we go to Caleb Sarong. So Nat Fife is on the radar to come back in. Um, What does that do to everyone at midfield? So it's an avoid there for me for Sarong, although he's scoring quite well at the moment. Clear dislike for me. The only reason why he's scoring well is because it's been wet weather footy in both of his last two games. Okay, on to Alex Witherden. So uh, didn't get there last week, but, you know, Eagles conceding heaps of inside 50s. Still like the pick, but, you know, um, yeah, we'll see how West Coast flushes out their team for the back half of the season. But, yeah, I still like it. No, dislike. I'm going to say it for the rest of my days, I reckon. <laughs> he uh, he was pretty poor on the weekend as well, around a 68. And that last quarter, there was a bit of junk in that 68 as well. Ollie Wines, like to pick? 
Uh, yeah, love it. Andrew Brashaw, uh, I don't have him, but I like it, yep. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Okay, Brad Crouch. Uh, if you have to go there, he's probably uh, a step below the top-tier premium scoring players, I reckon, arguably, you could say that. So I still like it, but, yeah, um, if you can pay up to a little bit extra, I wouldn't mind going to somewhere else. He's got that sneaky ceiling, though, um, which he's shown from time to time. And, again, against North Melbourne this week, it could be 125-plus, mate. So I actually like it. Tristan Cherry, so I don't think it's the time to target Cherry again for me. No, so dislike. Definitely not. Dislike as well. Noah Anderson. So if you're looking at something unique, I don't mind the pick. So I actually, I like this pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Anderson's. Um, he's obviously not, well, he's lacked consistency thus far, and he's both football and fantasy sense. But Hawthorne this week, you'd think Took gets the tag and he, he roams free. 118, 113, 92 and 93 in his last four. It's pretty healthy, um, and they've got a pretty good run. Hawks, uh, North Melbourne, Adelaide after their buy, and then Port Adelaide. So I love the pick. Okay, Tom Mitchell. Uh, even though he scored well on the weekend, he was quite good inside midfield. Back in the centre bounces there as well. So, you know, Sam Mitchell's messed around with that midfield. So maybe it settles it down for the rest of the year. Who knows? But from that point of view that we don't know officially... Um, for me, it's just still an avoid for Hawthorne players. Yeah, dislike. Um, although he was great, you can't, you can't go there. It's just too volatile. Cam Guthrie, so uh, another Geelong player. I don't think he's one of the ones that get rested, but you never know. So for me, for Geelong players, I'm pretty much out on. So dislike here for Guthrie. Yeah, dislike is for me as well, buddy. I'm not going anywhere near it. Uh, Jared Lyons, uh, maybe priced in at some stage. You never know. But, um, yeah, let's see... You know, centre bounces have declined a little bit from what they were last year. So if we're drop, talking about that, it could be dropping points, clearances, etc. So, um, you know, are we talking big numbers, what we did see last year? But those numbers did sort of exist when Neil had a pretty poor year from an injury point of view. So, yeah, it's questionable. I don't mind it. I'll sit on the fence with just a little bit of a like here, but, you know, not full-on like it. No, I, I really like it, mate. I um, He has spent a bit more time forward this season. But when they needed him against the game against Hawthorne the weekend, he went in there and he was a, you know, he was a force. So um, I really like Lions, and I think this week if you can get him with the round 14 by obviously pending team balance, it's a really good play. Nick Martin, it's definitely a watch. Um, still sitting on the fence, with just a bit of a like. So let's give him one more week where that sits. But yeah, he could be a pretty much a trade out target. Some people are probably doing it this week, but yeah. You know, it's going to be close, Jeb. When if the scores do uh, come out poor this week, you've got to imagine, which they could wet game again potentially. That you know that's going to be a big trade out target soon. Uh, yeah, it, I think it's a win-win each way. I think any player that can score 44 fantasy points in a quarter is um, is is pushing premium status almost. Um, although his consistency lacks, so. If you trade him, I feel like it's a win. If you keep him, I feel like there's a play to play there as well. So um, I like, I'll say like. So Nick Dacos, same scenario. Uh, decent sort of last score. Last half, he was actually okay. Got there in the end. Looked like it was going to be a pretty low-scoring game, but he's on the radar. But he's got a pretty decent buy there, Chip. So for me, still like. Yeah, very much so. I agree. It's still a big like. Um Wet weather footy didn't suit him, so set to score 75 in those conditions was really good, and I feel like, although all these next three games are at the G, 
Um, hopefully it's good weather in Melbourne and um, he can get some continuity because the bigger ground suits his mark, kick, game style. Weather looks okay there for Carlton Collingwood this week, so that should be okay. But Taylor Adams, uh, definitely a dislike for me. Um, I think that it's not, again, Collingwood, uh, changing game plan that's not going to suit him fantasy. I think the scores could be volatile week in, week out, so definitely a dislike for me still. Yeah, dislike for me as well. I felt like he was scored well again because it was wet weather footy, a bit like Sarong. Uh, Isaac Heaney, so did see a spike in centre bounces last week, but you know the scores just still weren't there as well. But that's what you're going to get from Heaney. You know, you're going to get in that sort of 75 range, but hopefully, you know, they do balance out with regards to a couple of 110, 120 point games. So still like for me, so. Oh, look, it's a dislike for me, actually. Uh, when you have that opportunity to score, especially against his last three matchups with Carlton, Essendon and Suns, and he's averaged, what, 72, it's a pretty poor showing, so dislike. Uh, Jacob Ware, so uh, again, you mentioned we'll wait a week to see where he goes and see if he lands in that team post-GWS buy. If he does land in that team uh, post-GWS buy, uh, he's a big target for me. Yeah, if he's named round 13 for GWS, it's an automatic trade-in, so let's wait and see. Darcy Cameron, still like it. Uh, without Cox, still really, really like it. Um, but hopefully if he's going to play a little bit forward, he can still take the marks and impact there as well. So I uh, still like Darcy Cameron. I think non-owners have missed the boat here. So um, he's, he's up there in price. He's not going to be a top six forward, in my opinion, and, um, and not a top two ruck. So... Um, he might be a top four ruck, actually, but, yeah, it's a dislike for me. On to Jared Witts, uh, having a pretty awesome season, which is, you know, if he if he faces Hawthorne with no ruck this week, you know, he could have minimum 60 hit out. So let's see how that plays out with regards to Hawthorne selection. But big like for Witts, Witts in, and he's having an excellent season, Jeff. Yeah, great like. Uh, Mitch Duncan, uh, I'm not going in there, Duncan. I said it last week, I just, you know, I can't talk myself into it. So definitely dislike. No, I dislike, and again, new DBPs, his spot as a top six, top eight, top ten forward is under threat. On to Stephen Canelio. Uh, it's a big like here there for me if he's playing in that inside midfield role. Yeah, I like as well. Uh, Joel Jeffrey. so scores could be volatile playing in that small pressure medium top forward role. So scores will be volatile, but he's a decent break even. So, you know, if you're really desperate and you've got everyone else, maybe you could go there. But, yeah, scores could be volatile. So... Uh, for me, for the basically on his break even, I do like. But yeah, if there are other options, I'd probably head there, Jeff. No, I, I don't mind it. I like it. Um, we're just going to hope for you know decent performances week in week out. Uh, Joe and you can. I'd prefer to pay up for someone else for me because you know Hawthorne midfield. But you know Mitchell, Sam Mitchell actually. Uh, we know he loves John Newcomb, so um, he's going to be in inside midfield. That's great, but you know consistency over a long period of time. Let's see how that goes. But for me, I'm still going to dislike on Hawthorne midship. Yeah, I'm going to say dislike. And Sam Mitchell's on 360 last night, where he sort of insinuated he had the role this week, and it might not be next week. So yeah, his role's a bit volatile in that midfield. Not that he will play. You always play midfield. I'm not arguing that, but he might not be the go-to gun target um, through there. So dislike. On to Jade Gresham. So uh, don't mind the pick, obviously, without steel. Jeff, like? Uh, dislike for me. Patrick Cripps uh, on the radar a little bit here. So a couple of poor scores. Uh, let's see what's up against Collingwood this week. But, yeah, still like at this stage. But, yeah, on the radar to see what's up. 
Yeah, like for me as well. I still think he's got lots to add and don't read too much into the last two games. Okay, on to Ben Key. So for me, uh, definitely like uh, Crow's a couple of good matchups coming up. So, you know, a bit of a unique pick. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it too, mate. Luke Cleary, uh, if you could guarantee that he's going to be in that team for three or four weeks, do like it. But obviously, Bulldogs got a stack of players coming back into that team. So that's a watch watch and wait to see what happens there. Uh, but basically, his scoring output, I do like it a lot. Uh, dislike for me, mate. His job security is key at this point of the season. So it's a dislike. Onto Jackson Haitley. So, um, yeah, he's probably that last one in and first one out. So he's hanging on. His score's going to be okay. He's good on the weekend there as well. So uh, but it's right on the fence for me. I'm just going to sit right on the fence with this one. No, nah, dislike for me. It's um, You can't risk it with what who he's keeping out of the side. And, yeah, I, you can't do it at this point of the season. Like I said before, it's all about job security. Uh, Jai Simpkin. So a bit of turmoil at Kangaroo. So for me... Uh, let's see what happens for the remainder of the year with regards to how North Melbourne line up through that midfield and that. Uh, he'll be midfield midfield strong, but, you know, the scores can be volatile, so dislike for me. I actually like it. I um, I felt like he faded. He was really good in the game against Melbourne and then faded out when they were getting pumped towards the end. Um, he's got some decent matchups this, you know, in the coming weeks, so I like the pick. Yeah, so keep in mind with that North Melbourne game there on the weekend, it was a strategic move to chip the ball around to avoid that scoreboard. The Kangaroos were actually in the game for a long time, so it's basically because they just played Kebbings off. So that's where some of those scores for North Melbourne were inflated last week. So, yeah, it wasn't really high contested. It was a North Melbourne chipping the ball around to keep the ball out of Melbourne's hands because as soon as it got into Melbourne's hands, they were scoring. So... Yeah, really keep an eye out on why their scores were pretty good for some of those North Melbourne players last week. Already on to Luke Parker. So centre bounces there, scores there. So how could you not say uh, like? And, and that's where I'm going to sit. I'm going to say like. Yeah, like as well. Adam Chera. So volatile scores there. You know, Carlton, I don't mind the second half of the season. Again, midfield numbers, strong centre bounce numbers. Um, Chera could be unique. But, you know, obviously, you know, when you were talking second tier sort of premium type player um, I'd prefer to pay up so from that point of view I'm going to say dislike yeah dislike for me as well buddy final thoughts ahead of round 11 Jep um, yeah keep those trades up your sleeve if you can have, have you know scenarios set out for the for the games ahead and don't be shy to pull the trigger early on a Dacos or Nick Martin I think it's a win-win either way and they've still got currency but obviously it's all about buy planning and, and being balanced for the buyers yeah, for me, target potential strong matchups, uh, keeping a close eye on your buy structure. So similar type scenario there. And for future long-term hold for um, those players under 300K. All right, Jeff, all the best for this week. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.